Why Not You? Today on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook, let's go. Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you. So glad to have you along for another journey this week in the Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Before we move on, remember, thegatechurch.locals.com. Please go there and join our community. It's free to join up. You can get onto the paid site if you want to support us, but it's free. And I do put a lot of stuff, including links to this, on that side of the um uh, of the community. So go become part of the gate community, part of uh, what I'm doing there. And uh, I would really love to have you a part of that. The gatechurch.locals.com plus go to lewisdcanna.com. If you also want to support us there, but I also have a bunch of free stuff there. Sign up for our newsletter there. Do plenty of things. Look forward to seeing those two places. I highly want to see, of course, we're on YouTube. We're on Facebook and we're on Rumble. So we're there too, but we're really going to be focusing a lot of our energy over to locals and our website and uh, because we don't like the censorship, we don't like the tags, we don't like all that stuff. We're free from that on those platforms. So we're excited about that. Go ahead and sign up there. All right, here we go today. All right, I want to talk about one of the, the, the concepts that I feel kind of hurts um, kind of hurts us in the church. And the reason being, it's not that anyone's intending to do this. It's just a byproduct of, uh, of a church culture that is not always um, set properly, not always um, accurate in the way it depicts the kingdom. And one of those things that it does is it, it gives us uh, uh, sometimes a wrong mindset. So here's the two mindsets. Church teaches us always to pray for revival in the city, in our church. We're praying for revival. And we're praising, we're, we're praying for God to raise up men and women uh, that carry that anointing. But that's not kingdom. The kingdom way is to pray for revival in you and that God would use you to set your city or your church or your community on fire for him. And you know, why is it that that isn't always the case? Why is it that we often are praying for others? And never believing ourselves. Well, probably because church culture has a tiered system in in uh, the way it thinks and, and the way we look at people. I know I certainly did when I got saved. Um, I, I would look at people on the pulpit and think they were of a whole different, you know, order of people. And they were in a sense. They were mature. They should have been mature. They sure they should have had they're ducks in a row, so to speak. That's that's true. I mean, there's nothing wrong about that. That should be all evident and true in someone's life. But it, but you know what? I know God used me as an usher. I know he did. Uh, he, he used me when I served other ministries and I wasn't ordained. And he used me to touch people's lives, to help them hunger and thirst. Matter of fact, when I started going to Nashville and doing a home group at my house, I wasn't ordained. I was just hungry, and I just told people, man, are you hungry? Why don't you come over? I, I'm just going to do a home meeting. And we didn't really know what that was, and we'd put in tapes, and my wife would be like, okay. And 
And then the next thing you know, people are laid out all over the floor and they're getting touched. Some of those people today are in ministry. And I like to think we had something to do with that. I like to think that those early days, 20 years ago, we helped people to get there. And one of our biggest issues is we're so warned about pride. We're so warned to be humble. We're so warned about, oh, if you get into pride, pride becomes before the fall, that that we actually condition ourselves to not believe. You know what I don't tell my kids? I don't tell my kids not to get in pride. I tell them to believe in themselves. I tell them, go after their dreams. You can do it. They can. They just got to decide to, and they can. And, and you know, you know, it's like, well, they want to become a president. Okay, I don't know if you'll make it, but I know you'll be a lot better off if you try than if you don't. I know that if that's what you want to do, that if you'll put in the work and you'll put in the dedication, number one, it's only with that that you even have a shot. You're going to have to put in the work and the dedication. But let's say you don't become president. Let's say you just become a congressman. Let's say you just become a representative. Let's just say that you become mayor of your local city. You still have impact. But if you decide, I can't do it, no reason, uh, then how are you going to have an impact? Right? You're not going to. But I want to tell you, God, God has this unique story. It's a story of uh, found in Judges chapter 6 of Gideon. Gideon is a really interesting story. And um, it's important to see that Gideon, uh, his mindset when the Lord, the angel of the Lord appears to him, he's a little befuddled. So let's look and let's read it together. It's in Gideon, uh, in Judges chapter 6, verse 11 is where we're just going to start. You can read before that is the condition of Israel. They're being oppressed. And here's Gideon. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terrible of the tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joas, the Eberazite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Mennonites. So here's the situation. Gideon is threshing wheat in the winepress. That's a whole spiritual thing we could talk about, but let's just get this right. He, you, the reason you thresh wheat outside is because the wind carries away the chaff and, and the wheat falls to the ground. But he's doing it inside. Why? Because he's afraid of the Midianites. Uh, the Midianites. They're gonna they're gonna they're oppressing them. They're not letting um them um uh, live free, okay? And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. You're in the wine press threshing wheat because you're afraid of the Mennonites. Now, why is, is the angel lying? No, angel's not lying. Why is the angel of the Lord saying this to him? The angel of the Lord is calling of Gideon. He's reading Gideon's scroll. He's looking at who Gideon is in the spirit, who God called him to be. He is not living up to it yet. But he's calling him out. And he's and you know what the problem for a lot of Christians is? Even after they get a prophetic word or God speaks to them in prayer, sometimes they don't respond to it. Sometimes they doubt it. I know this, that in 1993, when the Lord said to me that I was called to be a prophet, I believed I was called, okay? I didn't know anything else except I was called. That's all I knew. 
I didn't know I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what fully that was going to look like. Any of that. All I knew is I was called. And my prayer life changed. My speech changed because of God talking to me. Now, I didn't go out and tell everybody I was called to be a prophet because um, <clears throat> they wouldn't have believed me anyways. But what happened was uh, God started calling it out through prophets over my life. Started calling it out, calling it out, calling it out. And why was he doing it? Well, it was twofold. One, he was he was um, calling, he was turning up the soil in me. He was kind of tilling it in me with by the word of the Lord. He was planting it deep in my spirit. But also he was letting the people around me know, letting them know, this man is called. That's why God does it publicly. So they also can start looking at you differently. What happens today in culture is we don't do that. Somebody gets called, we say, well, you know, be humble. I, I call people and sometimes they don't respond. Man, what I did was I began to seek God and look for who God had in my life. Now, sadly, you know, I was in a church that they didn't raise up. The, I, there was no personal time with the pastor. There was no one in there to raise up. And we were talking, me and Dan Duke were talking at lunch today. I would have never, if I, if that was my only paradigm, was where I was at, I would never be in ministry today. Thank God I wasn't um, uh, that stuck that I couldn't move beyond that. You know, because that could have happened. I could have got stuck right there and never moved. That's not what happened. God began to, to uh, I began to seek. He began to call. And some people have heard my prophetic words. And, you know, I've, I've listened to them. I think they're up there or they're over here somewhere. You know, I got all these bookshelves. I haven't gotten everything fully where I want it, which is going to be some time. But uh, I think they're up there. And I, I've got these prophetic words. I, 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 I cherish them. I listen to them. I love them. And um, it's, it's your job to believe God when he speaks to you. It doesn't mean go out and tell everyone, hey, I'm a prophet. Because I would never call myself that. But I began to prophesy over people. But I didn't, I, you know, I didn't, it wasn't every day, but I began to minister because we were told to pray. And I would just tell them, hey, I was just being obedient to God. Now, in our church at the gate, I allow it. I allow people to minister to each other. I, I have five rules. Don't prophesy dates, mates, or babies. Geographical relocations or five-fold ministry callings. Um, because those could cause the most damage but if you come and let me train you, I teach them how to prophesy those things, but frame it in a way that, you know, when you're young and you're learning what is the voice of the Lord, what is not, that you won't cause damage. Because that's important. Um, you know, um, you know, I learned how to bring miracles by watching Bill Johnson. After he laid hands on me, I, I, I allowed what he was doing. You know, when God called me to be an apostle, that was that's still not a popular thing to say. People don't like it. Ah, oh, you're an apostle. I've had people say, there's no apostles thing. Well, what do I do? And I, and I ask him, I said, let me ask you something. When the Lord appears to me and speaks to me, and then people I don't know prophesy that over me, am I supposed to believe your theology or believe the voice of the Lord? Which one would you like me to believe? That stuns him right there. That that 
that gets them hung up. And sorry, I'm off camera for a second. But you know what? How many prophetic words do you have? How many prophetic words do you have? You know, and, and I think what happens to a lot of people is they, they don't, they're, they're, they're sold a bill of goods that somehow, um, it's wrong. It's, it's wrong for you to believe what God says to you. And, and I want to tell you that God actually, uh, loves you more than you think. I mean, here's Randy's word in 1996. I, I said in 96, the spirit of the Lord God will be calling with the calling of a Joseph of Daniel shall come upon you. Behold, there shall be enterprise that will come up, meaning to cause you to make long range plans, long range plans, long range plans to take things, to take things, to produce them, develop them that will be for prosperity in the days to come. Though they are not prosperity in the present days, there is a prophetic calling within your life, and you know that. But listen, the Lord wants to answer a question and cause two hearts within your life, or to the two hearts that beat in the same chest to be one heart. And that is, are you called to business? Or are you called to ministry? And the Lord says, yes, 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 yes. The Lord, like Joseph, is allowed brother not to appreciate the gift of God within you, to despise it. And he, and he goes on and on and on. He says, the Lord says, son, prophesy, for behold, the prophetic mantle shall surely be upon you and you will rub shoulders and be joined at the hip with other prophets and prophetic people. I mean, folks, I mean, see, God wants to call you, but you have to at least be, you know, willing. <laughs> you have to at least be, here I am, Lord, use me. And, and what happens to a lot of people is they're afraid, I think, to see themselves in greatness. But the Lord sees you in greatness. The Lord sees who you are in greatness. And you have to decide whether or not um, you're going to be that great. I really believe that God's got greatness for every believer, but every believer doesn't push themselves towards greatness. Um, I think that um, a lot of people um, sometimes settle for, and that's a bad word, I know, but they settle for what is comfortable, um, and sometimes maybe they settle for what they have around them, and what people, you know, maybe, um, you know, I don't want to go too far because I don't want, um, I don't want, um, um, I don't want to get out there too much because people might, um, here's one from uh, Ryan Wyatt. Lewis, you are Samuel to a soul generation. You are Samuel to a soul system. There's an anointing like a hammer that God has blended the apostolic and the prophetic together with you because you're called as a Samuel to a soul system. And you have an anointing to break down and tear down the political and the religious spirit that the things you've butted heads with for many years in your life. Oof. 
because God has been faceting you and shaping you to be a Samuel to a soul system. I mean, do you believe that? Do you believe what God's spoken over your life? You know? Seriously. Do you believe? Do you believe what God has said over you? I mean, God, I got to... Uh, for the word of the Lord to your life, I pray that you will... That you will believe him what he has spoken about you. God, I, I, I think some people, the system, the system is flawed. And I want to tell you that right now. I want you to pray this prayer of consecration. Father, I thank you that you have called me with a holy calling. To be a minister of reconciliation, to be a priest of the order of Melchizedek. You have called me and anointed me to bring your presence, your power, your deliverance to people. Lord, whatever you need to do in me that I can be all that you have called me to be in you, I give you free reign to do it. I seek your face. I seek your face for one thing, that I might know your will and do it. Thank you, Father. I surrender myself to your will in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, maybe you're called to business. Maybe you're called to, um, maybe you're called to, to, to just a, a job, but be the best you can wherever you're at. See, I knew... As an air traffic controller, my job was to be the best air traffic controller. Excellence. Proverbs says, see a man who's excellent in his ways, he'll stand before kings. Be excellent in what you do. Be excellent in everything. Get better at everything you're doing. And watch the Lord promote you. I believe you will have a calling unique and special. From the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they are waiting for you to say yes to the call. Don't look at yourself through the eyes of men or even through the eyes of your own soul. Look at yourself through the eyes of Christ and let him call out of you what he has created you to be in him. And don't settle for anything less than that. I love you. I hope you have a fantastic, fantastic week. Share this with others who might need to hear it. And thank you for your support and your love. Like us on social media. Subscribe to us. Do all that stuff. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.